Good afternoon, the back community. Uh, thank you as always for staying involved. Thank you for staying engaged. Uh, listen, uh, today uh, I have the um, the honor, the the pleasure, and the privilege of having another uh, a podcast host uh, on here with me today. Um, and we're going to dive into her story about what she does over on her platform, as well as some other things that uh, we definitely want to highlight. But today, for uh, your viewing pleasure, we have Miss Viola Lipscomb, and she is the author that we're going to uh, talk about later, but she's also the host of Sentimentally Speaking, a platform that I did have the distinct pleasure of being on myself as well. Um, but Vi, uh, thank you for agreeing to be on the back community with me today. And listen, I've been looking forward to this interview and I can't wait to dive into your story. Thank you for having me. I've been <laughs> nervous as shit being here. <laughs> but I'm honored and I'm grateful. Thank you for choosing me because you had a lot of amazing people and I'm really honored to be amongst them. Good, good. I'm glad you feel that way. Hopefully you feel that same way when I'm done with you here, huh? <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, listen, man, I, I, I've been around you for a very, very long time. I've known you since I was young. Uh, there's a lot of people that's on the Back Communities platform that may that may not have ever been introduced to you uh, who deserve to be introduced to you. So my first formal question is, Ms. Viola Lipscomb, uh, please tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, 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 and what kind of work that you do. So I'm an Albany native born and raised here in the city of Albany. Um, I have done government work for the last 17 years. I worked at Albany County for 14 years, had various positions. I was honored to be able to be promoted twice within that time frame. Um, and almost three years ago, I started with New York State um, and I do childcare stuff, just overseeing childcare programs, making sure providers are following regulations so we can keep kids safe while their parents are out making the money to be able to take care of them. Um, I am a mother of three, uh, two wonderful boys and a daughter, and I am the oldest of 11. Wow. Yeah. Say that again? The oldest of 11. My, wow. my father has 11 children. My mom has six. Mm. Okay. Listen, shout out to the Lewis family. They got a lot of love for the Lewis family. I didn't know it was 11. Yeah. yeah. My pops was busy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's nine girls and two boys. So, wow. yeah. Wow. And most of us start with V's. I always thought that was quite uh, in interesting that, you mm -hmm. know, a lot of us are like V names. It was really cool telling people. And it's like, what? What's the name? Mm -hmm. Listen, you know how much pressure that is to come up with a consistent uh, a, a V for all your kids? It's like, oh man, say, well, listen, we got to find something else cool that, uh, right. that rhymes with that one. And they yeah. all are really nice names. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was pressure, but they did good. I got to give it to okay. them. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so uh, you've been doing government work. Uh, um, uh, uh, one of the ways how I reconnected with you was uh, uh, actually by seeing one of your previous guests on your show. And I went out to go check the episode and then I became a fan of watching uh, uh, your podcast as well. Uh, but tell me a little bit more about how'd you get into podcasting? Uh, why sentimentally speaking and what is that doing for you? Okay. So as you can see, like I am all things love. Where does that may be to people who know me? Cause I've always been told that I was mean and they used to call me a bully, rebuke that mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus. Okay. But I am all things love ever since I was young. I just always liked hearts and red. And, you know, I started off um, one of my passion projects, which I'm, you'll probably get into is, is writing books. And then after writing seven books and I was like, okay, that was fun. What can I do next? And I was just thinking, cause I'm the type of person, I always like to reinvent myself. You know, mm -hmm. I just feel like why stay stagnant? I only got one life. It's not a rehearsal. I'm going right. to do anything I can that brings me joy while I can. And I was just like, Hmm, YouTube. I love that little platform there. I was like, what if I just started doing videos? And at first it was just going to be me just, you know, saying different experiences or, you know, telling different stories, dropping different jewels or gems. And 
I was like, oh, wait, I could bring other people on and we could talk about mm -hmm. things because I'm a conversationalist. I like to talk. There's mm -hmm. no doubt about that, especially the people that I know I like and that I'm comfortable with. <laughs> and um, I was just like, okay, what can I call this platform? I'm thinking red and hearts and lips. And I was just like, well, basically it's an opinion-based um, mm -hmm. segment here. So I was like, those are my sentiments. Can't nobody really argue you about your opinion. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can, but it's my opinion. Right. We all have it. And then I was like, lips speaking, sentimentally speaking. There we go. That's it. I like it. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I'm going with it. <laughs> There you go. There you go. There you go. And 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 like I said earlier, man, I, I I've had the pleasure of being uh, a guest on your platform, and I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. And you are right. You are a woman about love. So love is on the platform. Love is on the menu, and love is on the topic. Okay. Um, but you know, it's 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 a it's a huge part uh, that consumes all of our lives. So, you know, uh, it's nice to have a space, a safe space where you can talk about love uh, uh, in a way where uh, you can actually grow with the material that you're taking in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. And you also mentioned, and uh, you know, uh, do I want to get that out the way? Not yet. I'm going to get out uh -oh. the way right now too. You mentioned seven books. You said seven, right? I said seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah. So, so, and I, and I know that, and, and I know that there's something else in the works, but we're going to focus on the seven right now. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a new and recent author myself. Uh, so I do understand the importance and the work that goes into creating a work of art. And you said you have already successfully created seven pieces or works of art. Please tell me about that, about your uh, author journey. One, uh, 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 what is the name? Uh, is it Are all seven books part of a series or are, are, are they separate? Tell us more about uh, your authoring journey and, and, and uh, uh, your writing style or what you have available for us. Okay, well, yes, you are correct. There are seven books completed. I have an eighth that is like 80% done. Um, but I haven't been able to get it because I there's just something about the storyline that I need to fit. It's not sitting well with me. Um, and of course, I have a, several ideas for more novels. But I mentioned this in my first book, the way I, I, I never even wanted to be a writer. I didn't even like to read Tyrell. I mm. did not like to read. Reading was the bane of my student existence and I hated it. So to be a writer is like, wow for me so I was it was my uncle's funeral public speaking was never my thing either mm. but I just felt compelled it was uncle June that was my guy mm. you know I was very close to him and at the end of his life he couldn't speak he could mm. he had a stroke he just couldn't express himself and I said what would uncle June like to say and mm. what could I say to make him proud and I penned this speech Mm -hmm. And I, I went up there nervous and all, probably paper shaking, but I just knew I had to do it. And one thing my grandma said, don't go up there looking bad and looking a fool. <laughs> I was like, okay, pressure. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I did this speech and um, at the end of it, people stood. I got, mm -hmm. I got a standing ovation and I'm mm -hmm. like, wow, I didn't expect that. And at the end of that funeral, a woman came to me, Ms. Laura, and she goes, you should write. And I was like, write what? <laughs> you know, more speeches? <laughs> like, right. She was like, just write. She was like, your words. She was like, you were captivating and engaging. Like, people were listening to you. I was like, okay. So I was like, somebody told me I should write. So I went mm. home and I got a, I bought a laptop. I'm clacking, clacking. I was like, this shit is whack. I can't get <laughs> words out. I was like, this ain't for me. Put it away. This is a lesson I learned for myself. Put it away. And then I just kept having this this mm. calling to revisit it. And once I started Tyrell, I didn't stop until I had literally five complete novels, wow. five complete novels. So that was the start of my writing journey. And then people were reading them and giving me great feedback. And I was like, this is fun. And I realized I liked telling the story. Mm. I like telling stories. So all the stories are um, romance novels. And okay. what I like about them is they're urban based, but not hood. 
You know, okay. I'm not really into the drug dealer, the, the mm. hood chick. Like, that's not me. But I'm going to talk about your working guy, your working mm. female. They need, they have adversity, trials, mm. tribulations, and they overcome it. So I call it the love collection. And nice. um, it's a collection, not a series. Because I feel like a series is something you have to read in chronological order in order to appreciate the story. Whereas this collection is... The, all of the books could be read independently and you oh, don't okay. necessarily have to read the subsequent novels in order to appreciate the story that's in front of you but if mm. you do you see how all the characters begin to intertwine and it gives mm. a bigger picture and that was something that even after I was finished I was like oh shit you did that and mm -hmm. I, I thought it was pretty cool and clever so yeah mm. that, that's the book sorry the the love collection mm -hmm. is uh, does does each book have its own title or is it all underneath the love collection? Like so love they, collection part one or love collection uh, part two. Okay. So it's the love collection book one, gotcha. the way love is. Book two. Go ahead. You keep looking over there. You better, you better grab one and bring it right up over here with us. All right. So this is my first book, The Way Love Is. And um, you know, one thing about me is after I write the book and I do so, so much editing and rereading, that when it's time when it comes out, I'm sick of it. I am literally sick of the story. I don't want to read another damn thing. The characters sound stupid. The storyline sounds dumb. But I was I was hard on it, so I put this book away. And when I came back years later, maybe like six mm -hmm. years later, I read it as a reader. Yes. Um, and I was like, Viola, you did an amazing job. Like I was genuinely proud of myself because I wasn't critiquing it as an author anymore. I was just appreciating the story. And I was like, wow. And what I love about each character is that people who read it and know me, they will see that each of them have a piece of me. It's almost like I'm leaving a piece of me on, nice. on every page with every character. Cheyenne is me. Autumn is me. Skylar Wright, aka Whitney Bonestill is me. So like they are pieces of my personality that I may not always get to express or feel comfortable expressing. So I put it on the pages of the book and allow me to live freely through that. I love it. I love it. And how befitting for it to be called the love collection for the woman who loves all thing love-esque. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was by design for sure. Was, okay. Okay. Uh, 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 how has the experience been um, uh, 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 as an author for you? Like, uh, like I said, uh, creating one piece of work is, is one thing, but to be able to say that you have seven you know, how has, uh, how have you been embraced um, uh, um, from your readers or from, uh, take the back, I'm gonna break this down. How have you been embraced from your family as an author? I mean, great. Like, I know people say your biggest support doesn't come from your family and friends, mm. but my biggest support came from my family and my friends. Like when I needed to um, get this first book edited mm. and published, I had a fundraiser, like my friends helped me mm. throw a fundraiser. And that's when um, it was a comedy club right here on Henry Johnson Boulevard by Albany Memorial. I forget the mm. name of it, but they they would have the comedian come, people would pay. And it was like a, an a entertainment slash fundraiser. Mm. And then I was able to get local businesses to donate stuff. So I was able mm. to do raffles. And collectively, I had enough money to get my book edited and published. And when they read it, it was just like the feedback was amazing. And I take all feedback. I mean, mm -hmm. what didn't you like? My first question is what did you like and what didn't you like? Because I want to know, because I also want to improve. And I feel like, you know, the people who aren't going to be most shy about telling you that yep. are strangers, but I feel like there's also um, honesty and familiarity. Like exactly. it's never what you say to me, it's how you say it. And I feel like they always, they all gave me constructive criticism that allowed me to build and become a better author with each book that I penned. So um, yeah, that, nice. that nice. I, I was well received, I would say for sure. And it's, and it's not like, uh, I think it's very important to get that feedback, right? I think it's very important. Uh, like not everyone uh, has the rapport to give you honesty, but I think it's very important to keep people around you who uh, know how to give you honesty, transparency, and vulnerability, right? Yeah. And I think that uh, being able to be embraced uh, of those uh, uh, things will make you a better person. I'm sure it has made you a better writer. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, uh, so, so first I'm glad you got the support from your family. How have you been embraced, uh, 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 from your audience with, with the collection? How has, how has that been, uh, exposing yourself to people outside of your family? So with the first book, it was amazing, like mm. amazing. I didn't, I didn't expect it to take off the way it did. And, and, you know, people were showing mad love, making purpose purchases, recommending it. Mm. And, you know, I don't, Oddly enough, I think I'm a nonprofit at heart because I don't do it for the money. So mm. I have people be like, oh, I let such and such read your book. And then I'll have people be like, well, why wouldn't you just have them buy it? And it was like, no, they're reading it. And in yeah. every book, there's a lesson, every book. And you're going to walk away with something. So for me, it's, I, don't, I don't need you to purchase it, to appreciate yeah. it. Um, so that was good. And then I had a period in my life where I literally went ghost and was silent, mm. but it never stopped my desire to write. And I still wrote and I would just send texts like, hey, guys, the next book is out. Go read it when you can. I never embraced the business aspect of being mm. a writer. It's the creativity that I enjoy. It's the art. It's the ability to tell a story my way with my kind of characters um, and to leave it all on the table. And if you're going to accept it and be receptive, mm. great. And if not, you won't. My grandmother read probably the first couple of chapters like, uh-uh, I can't do the sex stuff. <laughs> she put it to the side. She said, they okay. did what? They did yeah. what? He did it on the, on the washing machine. <laughs> I, I, we don't do it on the washing machine. Grandma's like, no, I won't be reading those books. But then my daughter's great-grandmother read them and she texts me like, girl, I love it. So, you know, to each his own. I embrace okay. all of it. Okay, okay. Well, good, good, man, because uh, um, it is, uh, one, I'm glad that you all already identified that each of the characters have a piece of you, because it's kind of hard to create uh, a a piece of work that doesn't um, uh, have remnants of of you uh, 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 throughout it. Um, but you also said that, you know, you never really embraced the business aspect of it. So, you you know, I, we just talked about honesty uh, transparency and vulnerability. So I'm about to give it to you on that one too, because the business aspect of it is something that my wife, uh, uh drilled into me too. Right. Because mm-hmm. I, like you said, I operate like a nonprofit, right? So it's just yeah. like, listen, I will give away almost everything, uh, for free, but I also have learned to understand the importance of it, uh, of understanding running things as a business too. Like people have money, people will spend their money, on the things that they want to spend their money on and the time that you have poured into not only your books, but the time that you've had to take away from family events, different things like that to create it deserves to be highlighted, deserves to be represented and uh, deserves to be rewarded because mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of work that uh, that goes into that one. Uh, and I hope that all seven uh, start to get rewarded the way that uh, they need to be. How does a person find your uh, uh, your love collection? So right now, all every book that I have um, published is on Amazon.com. And I just want to say something, right? It was easier to write fiction than it was this memoir that is sitting inside of me. Well, mm. I believe it's Maya Angelou who say, you know, um, an untold story is like the worst agony. Agony. There's mm. no worse agony than an untold story inside of us right and because of family and friends I felt like it was difficult for me to pin my autobiography or to pin my memoir in the honest transparent way that I would like without offending or upsetting people because that you know part of telling my truth is also might be revealing things about others that they didn't want to and having read your book I believe Mm -hmm. one of my feedback to you was that I like how you navigated that that was impressive to me. And um, for me, it was important to be able to write a story that I can be proud of mm-hmm. and still be open and honest about without offending other people. Excellent. And prior to me reading your book, um, I didn't, I've never been so inspired in terms of how you've conducted the business aspect mm-hmm. of being an author. Like I said, I would just write the easiest method was to plop it on Amazon and mm. go not create a website, not do QR codes, mm. not get my own IBNs. It was just, it didn't, I, it, it just, it was, it was overwhelming to me, to be honest. Gotcha. And as confident as I may appear to be, I still have 
um, some insecurities and I, mm. I tend to doubt myself a lot. So um, I wanted to say to you is that you have inspired me in ways you don't know. And I say that because mm. maybe two weeks ago, I had two people tell me within like a few days of each other that I was such an inspiration to them, right? Fact. And that got me to thinking and says, damn, Viola, you get that a lot, that you're inspiration to others. And then I began to reflect like, who's my inspiration? Where do mm. I draw from? You know, and I think of, you know, my cousin Shauna going to mm. getting her bachelor's, getting her master's. And I was like, okay, I could do that too. And I did it. Outside of seeing her do that, I can't really say mm. there was anybody in my circle who I wanted to emulate because I feel like nobody was, had the desire to reach higher heights that mm. I was trying to get to. And it was like, whose footsteps can I walk in? Who can be my mentor? I didn't see any of that. And that began to make me grow sad because they say, if you're the smartest person in your circle, you're in the wrong circle. Facts. And I would never look at myself as the smartest person in my circle because I got some dope ass people in my circle. Mm -hmm. However, I also recognize that I'm lacking the idols I need to draw inspiration mm -hmm. in order to become a better version of myself. And mm -hmm. when I saw how you were doing your books and handling that, I said, Tyrell is my inspiration as an author. And when I'm ready to take it there from a business perspective, I'm coming to you. Oh, listen, no. uh, um, what, what does Nipsey Hussle say? The highest uh, human act is to uh, inspire. So uh, to hear that, um, uh, to, to hear that sentiment um, uh, means a lot to me, and I'm, I'm thankful that uh, not only did the the book resonate with you, but the rollout of the book resonated with you. Because, like I said, I didn't learn until I, I came to got and I got on your platform. And I realized you was an author. And I'm just like, all right, cause we're gonna do this different. Cause you know, you got you got something that needs to get out there. Yeah. And I think you know, I appreciate your vulnerability, but what you just said, right, is like. There's a lot of areas in life that we may not be experts on, but we can always get better at one. Like you said, we have the the motivation, the inspiration to do it, and we can see uh, uh, what can be done. But I already know what could be done, and I already know you're sitting on a gold mine, and it's not about the money. And I like that you said that too, because mm -hmm. when when you do something and you don't need it, you know you can put a passion uh, that doesn't come out of scarcity or necessity. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, when you don't need it, it's just like, yo, it's it's huge. So you buy my book or you don't buy my book. I'm good. Right. I'm not in debt or anything over the book, stuff like that. So, so I, I felt it when you said that it was just like, you know, I, you just genuinely want people to read it because you know that they're going to enjoy the quality of the work that you put in it, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, as well as enjoying the quality of the work that uh, you created, you also want to make sure that, you know, we live in a world where we talk about creating generational wealth. You know, I know real estate is big for you too, which is why I went in and went into my closet to go nice. build this uh, a, a real estate, uh, a build wealth uh, a, a sweater for you. Shout out to my man, uh, just down at Fresh and Fly. But because I know that those are different parts of your uh, portfolio, creating those different streams of income, uh, creating general uh, generational wealth is, is huge for you. Right. Yeah. And, and, and this is one of those avenues. Right. One of those yeah. avenues that we uh, for some, we're still learning how to tap into or maximize the opportunity of it. And, you know, uh, uh, yeah. So so I, I don't want to uh, 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 stay there. I'm just like, listen, when I first seen it, I was like, listen, well, mm -mm. we got to uh, 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 we got to get that information out. Yeah. And um, uh, one, I can't wait to get. It. I actually went on Amazon the other day looking for it. So now that I have you on, what do I put in in Amazon uh, to make sure that I get to this love collection? Because I didn't know the names of the books, okay. and um, I, I started popping in your name, and I nothing, nothing came up for no. me. So how yeah. do I find it? So, so you know how <laughs> you know you write under a pseudonym so that nobody can pop in your name and find Facts. it. I kind of didn't want to associate Viola Lipscomb with the author, which okay. is probably why you don't see it promoting much, but I am who I am. I'm multifaceted and I don't nice. give a fuck because I'm grown yep. now and I'm unapologetically me. So I do write under the name of Vi Antoinette, which is okay. my first name short, Vi, mm. B-Y though, not B-I, mm. and mm. Antoinette, which is my middle name. Gotcha. And gotcha. it's A-N-T-E-N-E-T-T-E. 
Okay. Well, that's going to be super helpful because I, I, I promise you, I was over here. I popped the Lipscomb. I popped the Lewis. I'm just like, well, when she gets on this show, I'm going to ask her how to find it. Yeah. You know, how to find it. Yeah. Let me that's see. That's my alter ego, Viantinet. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, well, uh, I have so many questions that one I want to dive into with you that uh, aren't necessarily uh, related to the book or the platform, but I'm going to come back to both of those. Yeah. But uh, uh, on the back community, I also get a chance to uh, uh, intimately get a chance to uh, to know uh, to know my guests, and I, I, I love that aspect of it. So I'm going to start asking you some other questions that have nothing to do with what you're already prepared for. Okay. So uh, you know, but um, uh, uh, one of my favorite questions that I like to ask everyone that comes on this platform, you know, uh, I, uh, I know I'm just talking about building wealth, right? But I ask a question about success. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so if you were to define success. How would you define success by? So in my humble opinion, success is relative, right? Hmm. I feel like who am I to say that having a lot of money isn't Hmm. successful for a person who grew up poor, for a person Hmm. who grew up hungry, for a person who, you know, parents couldn't afford a roof over their head. So to that person, being a millionaire means success to them and kudos that's not for me to define, right? For me, I think success is whatever you may have had a deficit in in childhood, whatever void you may have experienced. And as you got older, you said, this is what I'm going to do. For a person who was homeless, owning a lot of property might be success for them. A person who was poor, having a lot of money might be success for them. Um, Success for me personally, just means achieving whatever I can achieve that puts me in a better place than I was yesterday. There's a quote, my cousin Rati Miller um, posted it and one of my favorite quotes. And it says, today I do what others won't. So tomorrow I can have what others don't. Now a person narrow-minded might think, oh, she's talking about money. Like it ain't even all about that. But when you think about it, it's way more profound than that. Mm -hmm. Going to the gym leads to a healthier you. Seeking therapy, get your mind right. And we all know that wherever the mind go, the body is going to follow. So I feel like success is going to mean different things to different people. And my version of success is making sure that I am able to have more than I have more, have more today than I had yesterday. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. And uh, uh, Ratik's statement sounds a lot like uh, uh, a Dave Ramsey statement too, which is like, uh, what do you say? um live 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 like no other today so that you can live like i'm i, I just, i'm screwed all up but it, pretty much he was saying he's like you know do the things important today so that that way you can live how you want to live later so it's like you know uh he has this whole in his debt uh debt free journey he talks about having like a gazelle like mentality to get rid of uh debt and he's just like well you know all your friends or your family they may look at you kind of different like well why you don't got the latest car or why you don't have x y and z so it's just like you know you're you're not focusing in on now so that that way you can focus in and live life and enjoy life how you really want to mm. later so but yeah when you just said uh a ratik's quote it made me think about exactly is it's, it's it's the truth yeah and it's all about perception right yeah so you know when I was high in my marriage, I, I, I had a nice diamond ring um, mm. that my husband had gave to me. Um, and, you know, we had this nice one family house, you know, mm. we both drove decent cars and mm. they looked at that like, oh, by doing her thing, she, yeah. you know, she's successful. But also the person who no longer wears the ring, who mm. may have sold the property, who mm. went to, sold the car, went to catching the bus. Don't assume that that person is is, is successful because just because you don't see them with the accumulations, the tangibles, it doesn't mean that that money that they sold the ring for and the the profit they Mm. got from the house and, Mm. you know, they're now comfortable catching the bus because they got rid of the car. They're probably sitting on a quarter million, half a million dollars, but they look broke to you because they don't have those worldly possessions. So um, another favorite quote of mine is never judge by appearance because a rich heart could be under a poor coat. So let's not assume that what you see is what it is because you'll almost kind of shock yourself when you realize what may really be going on. 
I like it. I like it. And it's the truth. And it's the truth. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I, I like it. That, I'm not even adding nothing to that. I, I like it. Uh, okay. All right. Um, in the same line, uh, 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 thinking about uh, uh, success, and I, I, one, I like how you broke down uh, uh, your answer for it, because it it varies as uh, as you, as you mentioned but has your has that always been your definition for success or has your definition of success changed as you have grown and matured or has that always been your stance on success i'm constantly evolving so the okay. the 40 year old mind that i have today was not 30 year old mind, mind okay. of yesterday you know i don't if you would have asked me 10 years ago i don't even know what answer i would have gave you mm. i probably would be like you know having $50,000 just laying mm. around and driving a drop top mercedes benz and living mm. on the house on the hill is successful I don't see it that way anymore. And probably 10 years from now, my definition might change. I just knew I was always one of those people who, whatever I want to do, go and do it. Why can't you? Mm. Like, try work on it. And if I, 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 I was careful though, I was cautious mm. because I'm not a risk taker. So a mm. lot of the things I did, made sure that I can do them independently because I never liked relying on anyone else for my success. So it. being an author to me was taking a risk if I start doing it for business, because now I'm depending on other people to purchase my book so right. that I can be successful. Whereas if I just do it for fun and I send it out and they like it, good. There's no, mm. yep. no, you know what I'm saying? It's good. Fair yep. exchange, no robbery. It's all good. Yep. Nope. Um, I understand it 100%. Exactly. That's why I said I pay for it up front. Pay for it all up front. As I said, you know, it was because it was something that I wanted to do. It was mm -hmm. a goal that I set for myself. If I if I gain or profit from it, great. You know what I mean? But if I don't, I'm also still alive, healthy and whole uh, for accomplishing what I set out to do. So I, I understand your sentiments 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're going to do it, you might as well get paid for it. I know you're right. And that's why I said there. Trust me, I, I like you said, I'm sitting on something here and I as a reader and a writer, my mm. books are dope. And that's not even mm. me, you know um bragging or boasting because we was always taught you you simmer that down you don't brag and boast about yourself my grandmother was big on that mm. but i feel like you get to a point where no you, you should pat yourself on the back mm. so I, I know it's something great over here and i, I i'm going to revisit it i'm going okay. to revisit okay. it okay. but one thing i do is i hold myself accountable but i don't hold myself hostage and Thanks. when the timing is right i always operate it from feelings when the timing is mm. right it's gonna be right i it's love it right. i love it and, and and that that should always be the motivation. The motivation should come from you know uh, where it is that your spirit uh, uh, is leading you at the time. And everyone's uh, doesn't have to agree or understand that. As long as you understand it and operate on that time, uh, 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 you'll be right on time. Yeah. Um, earlier, we talked about uh, not being the smartest person in your circle, mm -hmm. and. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going back to that because, you know, uh, uh, as of late, my favorite comment has been audit your circle, right? I think mm -hmm. it's very important to audit your circle. I think it's very important to be mindful of the people that you allow into your space. I think it's very important to be mindful of the spaces that you choose to, to be a part of. Um, but how important is it for you um, uh, uh, um when you hear the term audit your circle, how important is it for you? Uh, take that back. I don't want to ask a question. Uh, I wanted to say a statement when you said uh, like, you know, looking around, you had you had one cousin who had uh, decided to go out and get her bachelor's degree, you know, and that inspired you. I wanted to make the statement about audit your circle because I think it's so important to keep good people around you to keep a healthy circle around you that you can learn and grow from. And I think too many times today, especially uh, uh, in society as a whole, but definitely in the environment in which we grew up, um, people don't uh, value uh, the circle. Say, oh, this is my A1 day one. I've been around this person all my life. And I think we place a lot of value on time over quality, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, I, I wanted to revisit it because I didn't want to I didn't want it to, to let it just go because I thought it was a very important thing that you said when you were talking about, you know, 
I should be able to look around an abundance of the people that I'm around and find inspiration. And when I'm not, I should also be able to be honest enough with myself to say that, you know, I'm not getting what it is that I need and I need to find me a new tribe or a new audience so that that way, you know, you're not just constantly taking from me, but, you know, I'm getting somebody to pour back into me too. So I just wanted to, before I went to my next question, I had to go back to that because it was sitting on my, in my mind. I was like, I just said something dope that I think a lot of people need to to take to heart. Just like, you know, you want to have people around you that are inspiring. It doesn't mean that everyone has to, uh, have the biggest, the greatest, the latest, but they should be able to inspire you in some way, whether that is mm-hmm. emotionally, spiritually, financially, but keep people around you that, that are going to pour into you yeah. or to your circle. Let me just build on that because I, mm-hmm. I would hate for anybody to watch that piece and then misconstrue, right? Because like I said, I have amazing people around me. Mm-hmm. And even though I can't draw inspiration from them, to be, to do things differently, to do things better, to achieve more. I also find that people could be an inspiration of what not to do, right? Absolutely. What not to do. And I find that I, I'm observant. So I'll watch and see how people move. Somebody might inspire me to never want to do drugs. Like I see where you haven't gotten and that's not where I'm trying to be. So guess what? Yeah, never. I'm never experimenting with anything that can, you know, propel me into doing other things. Awful people might inspire me to not settle. When I see people mm-hmm. who are amazing or sitting on a gift mm-hmm. or a talent, I'm like, oh my God, do you know what you could be doing? Like you are with me with the books, mm-hmm. right? And then I'd be like, all right. So instead of not starting that project that I think they should do, at least mm-hmm. I'm going to start mine and at least get my baseline, my foundation, because the only way to go once you have your foundation is up. You already did the digging. You already laid your platform. You just start building. So, you know, inspiration can come from, you know, many different places. It doesn't always have to inspire us to be better. It can also inspire us to not be worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. It made me think about the last guy I had on before you, um, uh, Ayu. Uh, he has a book called I'll Start Now. And his whole premise is that, you know, you, you can't just wait for everything to be perfect. You know, uh how do we get that facade out of our brains, out of our minds, that everything has to be aligned just right, just perfect for us to start? Uh-uh. When you have an idea, you have something you want to try, just start it. Just start, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just start it. Start it because you'll be surprised how you can build upon it. You know what I mean? Even this podcasting platform that uh, 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 or empire that you're creating, right? It's just mm-hmm. like, yo, you know, just start it. You'll be surprised. Uh, you know, there's always an audience. There's always someone that is is waiting to hear a uh, conversation uh, 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 that you're bringing to light. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed your last two conversations. I'm over here <laughs> laughing in my brain right now just thinking about it. You know, there's always going to be a space and a platform for it. But imagine if you hadn't taken the time out to say, well, you know what? I have something to say that I want to share. Let mm-hmm. me start it. You know, so mm-hmm. many of us just wait and, and continue to wait instead of just starting. So I'm thankful that you did. Me too. You know, I, I, I used to have somebody be like, you're so smart. You, you smart. And I was like, no, I'm not smart. <laughs> like I never identified as smart. Right. Mm-hmm. So the whole smartest person in the circle was just a metaphor. I felt like I was like, no, I'm educated. Like, you know, mm. I, I, I'm in the books, I got the degree, but I, I don't see myself as smart, but I do see myself as wise. And mm. I think a part of that wisdom, um, to much credit, can come from my gram, because I find mm. that I can learn just as much in a two-liner quote as I can sitting in an hour-long lecture. And my mm. gram was good at giving those, those one-liners, don't point your finger, because it's one, two, three, pointing back at you. That means mm. self-reflect. Something you could always say about something else, you could say about yourself. So, you know, start looking inward. So things like that. And I just think we all need to, I never heard the term audit your circle until you said that. But I think we all should take inventory of who's around us, who's helping us become better, who wants to see us do better, right? Mm. Because everybody who clapping may not be clapping, you know? So um, the fact that I can be around people and be an inspiration to them, as I said, your inspiration to me makes me feel good. That is my reward for my awesomeness in this world. And also knowing that um, it's important to add to the circle based on what we see we can um, gather from others. Because, I, you know, allow yourself to be utilized, but not used. And I never want to feel like I'm using anybody. 
So I'm careful mm. of, you know, what I pull from people. And I'm also careful to let them know that I'm pulling it. Because mm. I never want to be the one sitting back watching, stealing yeah. all your shit, but I'm never yeah. giving you credit for it either. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm with you 100% on that. And it, it's big. It, it's, it's, it's learned behavior, though. You know, mm -hmm. some people haven't learned the importance of giving a compliment. Some people haven't learned the importance of uh, being able to say, hey, you know, thank you for showing that to me. But a lot of that goes back to uh, 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 um, our environments in which we uh, uh, were brought up in, you know, which is going to lead me to my uh, my next thing, because I have this book behind me that I know I spoke to you about when I was on Sentimentally Speaking as well. Uh, one of them is the five love languages. Okay. Uh, and we talked to, and we talked about love. I'm coming back to your favorite topic of love. Okay. Uh, but the other one was how we love. And it mm -hmm. just made me think about something that you just said. It was just like, you know, you know, uh, who we are and how we love. It comes from a place. It comes from teachings. It comes from uh, inspiration, right? You know, like you said, you can learn the same thing from an hour segment of someone talking, or it could be uh, a Graham's giving you a two-second quote, right? Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, uh, my question for you, because where I left off with you last time was that, you know, you didn't read the whole book of the five love languages, and you said you only had read the one part to find out how, uh, what your love language is. Right. My question is, did you finish the book? Let me tell you, I didn't even oh. fucking start the book. I'm oh, sorry right. if I misinformed oh you. Oh, I didn't even goodness. start the book. I simply just researched what are five love languages and how do they apply to me? So, oh, but the God. one book you did say was how, how we love. Yeah. So it's interesting. A couple of people who watched that segment sent me screenshots because they mm. purchased the book and immediately went into it. And they was like, hey, you know, Tyrell mentioned this book. Did you start mm. reading it? I said, I actually purchased Tyrell book. I'm going to read his first and then I'll revisit how to love. And I know a friend who has it. Literally, I'm going to borrow it from her because she. Mm. I don't think she got through it. And I'm going to read that book. But it's, okay. it's not high on my priority list. And one thing I, I hold myself accountable. It's on the to do list. Okay. But I'm not gonna hold myself hostage to this book. That's why I make no promises. I said I'm gonna read it. I didn't say when. Fair enough. Fair enough. And and I can't even get mad with that. Who can get mad that you said, well, you know, I didn't get that book, but I got Tyrell's book. So you're not gonna hear no complaints out of me at okay. all. So, you oh. know. <laughs> but just just realizing, I, I think I said uh, to you when I was on uh, sentimentally speaking, how the book changed my life, and mm -hmm. no lie, about seven to ten days. So it's kind of like. When you're sitting on something good, right, and you know how impactful uh, it, it, it was for you, you want to share. When you're a sharer, just like, listen, man, I, I want you to experience all of the goodness, all of the same things that I am. And part of that is taking a deep dive uh, and being reflective with ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. But how we love, just like I said, it, it was good. So I couldn't wait to figure out. Uh, where we have where we had gone in this small period of time if we uh did five love languages i didn't i i knew i didn't even realize that came from google i thought it was just i i thought you got it only found out what yours was and jet it but uh not that makes yeah sense. I pretty, much. <laughs> pretty much pretty <laughs> much but I love it. It was like genius. And it, and it really is true. Most people can identify with those love languages. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to know what mine was because, mm -hmm. you know, be a little selfishly, but mm -hmm. I want somebody when they, if some, if I'm ever asked, how do I love you? Mm -hmm. And this is it. You don't got to buy me gifts. You mm -hmm. know, we ain't even got a whole hand. Just acts of service. That's mm -hmm. how you show your appreciation and love for me. Now what's your, you know, so <laughs> that's, that's, that's but, but, but wait a minute, what if I tell you what mine is? And I'd be like, well, listen, what well, mine is this, and you don't know what that is. Well, that's why I know them enough to know what that is. <laughs> you tell me one of them. If you know words of affirmation, then I know I'm going to compliment you. I'm going to tell you how proud of you I am. I don't need to read the book to give me examples. I, I'm pretty well versed at, okay. you know. Okay. speaking those languages okay okay you sound like my brother right now uh he said listen i i don't gotta i don't gotta read a book to know what's in it he says i can tell you what's in the book but there's, there's a meme that's going around right now have you seen um the guy on youtube who claims that he's the fastest reader in the world oh shit and he did this yes <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it. I yeah, just yeah, saw 
Like, look, 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 I don't gotta I read the book. Done. I know what's in it. Yeah. That was funny. That was he funny. Said, he said, he said, what did you just do? What what what, what was that? He just like, yeah. But let me see. Uh one of the other questions I I actually want to ask you, unrelated to uh your path and your passion, is um thinking about uh, I know you uh, uh, you mentioned the 40-year-old vibe, but uh, mm -hmm. think about your life's path and your life's journey vibe, mm -hmm. right? What about your life's path are you most proud of? Cool. I would honestly have to say not becoming a statistic, and I'll tell mm. you why, right? So I had a baby at 15, 15, mm. like I'm in 10th grade, walking around pregnant. And you hear, you hear the murmurs, you hear the, the whispers and things that even still resonate with me now. Oh, I don't know why she went and got pregnant. Oh, she ain't gonna be shit. Mm -hmm. Now you're gonna be tied down with a baby. What you gonna do be on welfare? And I'm like, whoa, like, mm -hmm. I, I know I did this thing, right? But I'm not gonna let it define me, nor am I gonna let it stop me. And I'm most proud of myself for when people expected me to drop out of school, not only did I do my six week maternity leave, but I got my ass right back to school, probably because I had an African tutor and I didn't understand what the fuck he was saying. <laughs> so I, I can't like, wait to get back to school. I got work that need to be done and I can't do it. So, so I, I went to school. Not only did I graduate on time in 99 with the rest of my mm. class, but I graduate in the top 100 of my class. Nice. Like, and I had an eight average. Like, nice. yeah, okay. So I did that. And then I went straight to college. I wasn't taking no breaks. I didn't mm. want to get comfortable. Went right to St. Rose, bust out my bachelor's degree in four and a half, I mean, four years, four to four years in a mm. semester. And then I said, okay, what else am I going to accomplish? What other boss? I always wanted to be a homeowner. So I want to just tell a quick story, right? So mm. one thing, and I always feel like people, the right people come in your path when they need to. So I had a cousin mm. that knew I was, you know, going to school full-time, working part-time. And um, she was like, you applied for Section 8. I was like, no, what's that? So she mm -hmm. told me about the program. She told me how I could get in. I found a route that would get me there quicker. So mm -hmm. literally, I went from being on Section 8 to, and, I, and I, that helped me buy a home. So it didn't yeah. only help me with my rent, because the way Section 8 works, they have a program. So if I started the program and I was pay only paying 200 towards my rent, when I got a raise or a higher paying job or two jobs or something, and then they said, okay, the more money you make, the more you have to pay towards your rent. So now I'm paying 400. That 200 between what mm. I was paying, what I'm now paying, will go into an account for me, right? So nice. I was able to use that to put on a down payment for a house. So Section 8 helped me survive as a single mm. mother. Then I was able to purchase a house. Mm. And then when my grandmother was like, we want to sell our house. And I was like, all right, let me get that property too. But before I even purchased that property, I actually worked for Section 8. Let me bring this shit all full fucking circle, right? Mm. So I went from being on Section 8 to working for Section 8 to now being a property owner who rents to people on Section 8. And I just love that program. And I tell everybody I can, like, get on it. It is a beautiful program. Mm. And you don't use it as a crutch, but you use it as a stepping stool to get ultimately mm. where you want to be. And now I'm in a position where I don't need Section 8, but I'm allowing other people to have safe housing who do have it nice so. nice nice listen listen one um uh shout out to section eight uh because i don't care what anybody said i literally just had a conversation the other day about she's like oh i don't know if i should rent to section eight renters i said listen don't let people guide you wrong with that foolish belief because you know during the pandemic when people weren't getting no money that section eight money was coming i was getting through. my section eight rent yeah. paid you know, mm -hmm. so, you know, it is a beautiful program. Um, and I and I, I I love what you just said, right? Because a lot of people don't know that part about Section 8, that Section 8 will actually set you up to be able to purchase your own home if you're utilizing it, right? Correct. Most times people are just uh, capture, uh, 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 um, focusing in on the fact that, you know, they have a reduced rent, they don't have to pay this, but if you're utilizing the program to put you in a better place and better mm -hmm. position, right, it really can. Some people just like, well, you know, I don't want to work anymore because, you know, I'm going to have to pay more or whatever it is, but I'd rather just stay here, but there's so much more opportunity. I love how you said you went full circle, 
Yeah. You went full circle. So that means that you would be the poster child of what it could be. And now you own multiple properties, yeah. right? Uh, uh, you're an author, you're a podcast host, uh, host, and you have your own steady income from, from your job. So when we talk about creating generational wealth, I mean, uh, you are embodying that by. Thank you. Right. And Thank it's just you. like, hey, well, you know what? And imagine not having someone to showcase that for you or to show you uh, uh, these plausible uh, 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 paths that you could uh, 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 embark on. And yeah. you're you're living that, you're doing that, you're going to be not only the example for your three kids, but for everyone else who gets the chance to listen to mm. this podcast, to yeah. watch this podcast and to learn more about you and what you're doing. That's why I said I wanted you on the podcast because- you know, oftentimes people will look at somebody else or, or people don't think that you're successful until you get to a certain status where, you know, you got a bunch of followers and stuff like that. Those things don't impress me. What impressed me is realizing where a person was to where a person is, how the content of that person's character is. And I knew that you had a dope story that deserved to be highlighted and shared because we know too many people who are on Section 8 who might not know the full capabilities of where they can take it. And just be like, oh, well, you know what? This is a mindset. I'm just going to be staying here. No, boo-boo. If you yeah. know how to use this correctly, you can and you will be a homeowner. You mm -hmm. will build generational wealth for you and your kids, right? And, and what people don't know is that Section 8 doesn't only help you supplement your rent. It'll help you supplement your mortgage. Mm. They want to see you be successful because mm. homeowners mean that you're going to take care of that property. Mm. You're going to, you're investing in your community when you're a homeowner, because you got someone mm. who's, who's situated there, who wants to see the neighborhood thrive. And hopefully you're a good person and is contributing to exactly that. Mm. I like and that. you know, all, all tenants aren't going to be amazing, picture perfect. Like one thing I pride myself on is was being a really good tenant. Like kept mm. up with the property, pay my portion on on time. Like that's what landlords want, right? Mm. They just want somebody who's going to take take care of the property, communicate when shit go wrong, pay your portion of the rent, and don't be destructive. Yep. And um, a lot of people ruin that for themselves because you are literally getting top notch assistance and are blowing it. But you know, Section Eight do inspections. They want to yep. make sure that the tenant is, you know not living foul and you know it's, mm. it's just really good so i mm. i do promote the program as much as okay. i can listen and, and I, i'm glad i'm glad that you did i'm glad that you do um one because um yeah i just i just think there's a there's a stigma um if i'm being honest there's a stigma with section eight that yeah. doesn't necessarily need to to be there right and there's so many positives if utilized correctly of, of what you can really um, uh, obtain. Um, and just like anything else, it's just like information is only as good as, as, as how you use it or, you know, yeah. so I'm, I'm glad that you uh, uh, talked about how it went full circle for you and the amazing things that you were able to do utilizing that uh, program as a starting point. Yes. One thing I do want to add to is, so I, I didn't, I didn't mention it. Um, I don't, but what you got another of, stream of income? No, 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 I don't. But remember, <laughs> I said I'm a nonprofit at heart, right? Yeah. So part of, part of I think being um, a person who has accomplished and achieved a lot is sharing that with other people. So one of the things that I do is um, I don't talk about a lot, and maybe only a few people know I do it. But actually, I um, speak to teen moms every mm. every year i'm invited to give talks to teen moms and that is my like passion audience because i was once one of those people and it was important for me not to become a statistic and mm. i had to talk myself be my own motivational speaker my own mm. inspirational engager because so many people doubted me because i was 15 and pregnant mm. and one thing one of the i have you know mrs lips top 10 lit list and one of the things i tell them is don't stack the cards higher than you can shuffle or deal. Don't mm. put yourself in a position where you're going to have to keep struggling. Yeah, you might have one baby. Some of y'all might have two, but please don't go and have more when you know you're barely making it now. 
Mm. Wait until you're solid and you're stable. And that's why there's eight years between my first child and my second child. Mm. And there was a lot accomplished between then. And I just feel like so many people, you know, do things um, in the name of love. Well, I love him and we're having a baby. Get that. I was on birth control for a long time because I knew I did want, not want to slip up again. It was important yes. for me to make sure I was solid before I brought another life into this world. And that has worked in my favor. I appreciate, I appreciate the responsibility of that, right? Mm-hmm. And just saying, hey, well, you know what? This is where I started at 15, but I also said, well, you know, I don't want to put myself in that situation again until I'm ready. Exactly. Right? And, you know, so many times that isn't what we hear of. That isn't the story. It's just like, oh, well, you know what? I started on this path. I'm going to keep going down this path. And before you know it, you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm underneath water, you know, I'm drowning and I don't know how to get uh, from up out of this situation. Yeah. But I'm glad that you're also giving Jules to take time to stop, to reassess what I need to do to move forward. And when you made a decision to go forward by, it sounds like you didn't look back. You didn't stop. Like you said, man, you you went to school, you graduated on time, you went straight to college. So, you know, when you decided in your mind that this was the direction that I was going to go into, you didn't look back. And then you also made healthier decisions moving forward that not only benefited you, but benefited your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Is there... Uh, is there a name for the uh, the program that, that you typically work with? Because you made me think of an earlier guest I had on season one, Candace, who came on, and mm-hmm. she talked about her experience as well as a teen mom uh, uh, being uh, uh, being pregnant when she was in high school, and then how everyone wrote her off, but she had to say it. You know what? Your dreams don't stop. Your goals don't stop. It's because you have a kid that early. You know, and a lot of in a lot of situations, they become your motivation to uh, to to get it right. Absolutely. But uh, that sounds like an amazing program uh, um, uh, to 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 relay that information to. So I only asked if you wanted to highlight uh, the organization, but if not, that's fine too. Okay. Yeah. 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 My uh, my my second to last question for you, Vi, is a fun question. Uh, we're both from Albany. I mm-hmm. love Albany with all I got. Um, what is your favorite place to visit in Albany and why? So Albany County or just the city of Albany? What do you mean Albany County? It's all the same thing. Not really. Um, I mean, because when you say Albany, one of my favorite places to visit is, is the um, Crossings Park. But that's not okay. in Albany. It's technically the town of Colony, right? So I'm going to give you two answers. Okay. I love Crossings. I love Crossings because you, first of all, it's a beautiful. It's I should have changed property. what I said. I meant to say, what is your favorite place to visit in the Capital District area? Because okay. that would have allowed you to, 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 my bad, my bad. Correct. It's all good. It's all good. So one of them is Crossings Park. Tyrell is something about that park that is just soothing to my soul. I think mm. I love seeing the pond there. You know, mm. you got the walking grounds, you got the playground, you have the maze. But what touches my heart most is the diversity. You, mm. There's not a day when you can't go to Crossing Park and see Black and see White. Mm. You see Hispanic, you see Asian, you see um, Muslims, you see it like it, it, Indian. Like, it's just so diverse. And I love that. And I said... When I moved from Albany, I would love to go to a community like that. I I, I do appreciate that part. Um, and the other one is museums, fucking hands down. Like, I don't know what it is about. Maybe it's nostalgic. Because when we were growing up, we Facts. Did that was the place to go. To the New Any half day yeah. was at the museum. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. And then I think about that little yellow bus that sat in the back. That was my favorite attraction. And the little teepee, teepees, teepees, I don't know, I'm probably misspelling, but it was just like, I like the museum. So to just walk there and just the, the quietness and the stillness of it, it was, it's just, I would go sometimes just by myself and just chill. The teepees was my spot to go only because it was the darkest spot in the museum <laughs> and I could go ahead and get my feels on. I'm just going to be honest. So no, the, I love the museum for, I love the museum for all of the wrong reasons. That <laughs> <laughs> was definitely my spot. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, those are my two favorite problems. Okay. Okay. All right. And uh, I had it. Hold on. Hold on. Don't. Nope. 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 Ah, why did I lose it? I don't know. But why are you looking? I want to say something to you. So I heard you speak of this park on Justin and Livingston. 
yep. never even knew a park was there. I just thought it was a parking lot. So I have to remind myself to go check it out. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, I got it now. Uh, but no, so it is actually uh, the second largest urban park. And I think I mentioned it in the prologue of, uh, uh, of my book too, mm -hmm. uh, in New York state. Right. And they named it after uh, 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 one of my mentors who passed away, who was a huge community uh, activist and advocate for everybody, Brother Yusuf Burgess. But mm -hmm. when I say vibe, they turned that thing into something beautiful back there. Wow. So uh, we remember uh, uh, Tivoli Lake. You know, it was yeah. just like it was almost like gully, uh, gully, uh, the gully man or back there. You don't really want to go with nothing back right. there. Uh -uh. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, I'm going to make is, it my business to visit that place. It is. Uh, they have livestock back there now. Uh, the paths are amazing. It's a spot that you can sit in the back right over all of the water. And I'm a water guy. So, you know, yes. I can just sit there and just be lost in my thought. But it is it is amazing what they have done. And, and they're still uh, they're on to the next phase of the development back there. So when you get I had a chance, no idea. So out. thank you for bringing that to light. No idea. OK. Okay. All right. And I found my last question for you. Uh, thinking of the younger version of Vi, right? Thinking about when you were young, thinking about maybe even that 15 year old or before or after, what is something that you know now that you wish someone would have told the younger Vi? It's okay to grow. It's okay to change and it's okay to evolve, right? And I think about that first thing that comes to mind is relationships, whether it be romantic relationships, friendships, kinships. Um, a lot of times you have this, you no, know, you got to stay loyal. You got to stick it out. You know, they're family, they're friends, you know, that's your husband, that's your wife. And one thing I realized that I don't take shit from anybody. And a lot of times I feel like, we place ourselves um, in positions that we're not completely happy or satisfied in just because it's the right thing to do or just because we're supposed to do it or because we're expected to do it. And one thing I learned is that the person I was yesterday is not the person I am today and it's okay to outgrow people, places and things. Mm. And um, I didn't learn that for a long time and I've walked away from six, some significant relationships because it no longer served me. Not saying that I'm selfish and it has to all, always be about me, but I know what I give. And I, the saying, I know what I bring to the table, so I'm not afraid to eat alone, that's real for me. Because I know I'm a kind person, I'm a loving person. And if you show me an ounce of that, I'm gonna give you mm. ounces in return. And when you constantly are giving, 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 for me, the basic is appreciation. Mm. But when you don't even get that sometimes, or when the person isn't reciprocating the way mm. you would like or the way I need. I can only could speak for me. It's time for me to walk. And um, I'm not going to allow anybody to hold me mm. back. And it's okay to change. It's okay to move on. It's okay mm. to grow and it's okay mm. to evolve. And a lot of times that might mean leaving people behind. Mm. But maybe they weren't meant to go, go where you're trying to go anyway. I so. love it. And it's the truth. And, you know. Like I said, it goes to that earlier uh, uh, earlier part of the conversation where I said everyone is holding on to their A1 day ones or, you know, holding on to family, friends, relationships that uh, no longer serve uh, a purpose, probably for, for, for anyone involved. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the most healthiest things that we can do in some situations is let go of the thing that no longer serves purpose to either of us. Right. So, you know, uh, I was something uh, I, I've definitely been dinged on by some of my family and friends over the years is because I have the ability to let a relationship go. I have the ability, you know, that's that's just not romantic. That's just like friendship. It's like mm -hmm. if, you know, we're not moving, we're not operating in the same way uh, anymore. It doesn't mean that I got to talk bad about you. And I think I think we talked about this before. It was just like, you know, on your show, it was like, you know, yeah. if I love you, I love you. You know, what I mean, but if the best thing I can do is love you from afar. I will do that as well. Exactly. Right? So, no. yeah. Okay. And one thing I wanted, well, last thing I want to say, because actually that was off the top of my dome and straight from the heart. I wasn't planning to say that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say too, is what people think of us is none of our business. 
too often, right? Mm-hmm. We'd be like, well, she said this about me or he said that about me, but they never said it to you. So unless it's said to you, it's none of your business. And I just feel like we get caught up in what people think, what people say, and we should just move past that because it doesn't define us. We define us. And as long as we can, you know, walk with our heads up and be proud of who we are, what someone else thinks and says shouldn't even matter. So that was another piece. So both those two things I'm swearing by and I am living unapologetically me. (laughs) Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Um, uh, listen, by uh, it's been real, but I know that you are a woman who a woman who gets to the bag, and you have multiple responsibilities uh, on your plate. So, one, I want to say thank you for affording me uh, your time uh, this evening. Thank you for being on the back community. Uh, please tell uh, uh, my audience how and where they can find you, uh, website, social media, YouTube, how does uh, one uh, find you, uh, support you also underneath by V-Y, uh, Antoinette? By Antoinette. Antoinette, I was there. Antoinette, yeah. That's close. It's okay. But yeah, tell tell us how we can find you uh, 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 on social media. Uh, Tell us how we can find you uh, and find your books as well. So sadly enough, I do not, I'm really not a, uh, you know, you're not going to find me on all things social media, but I do have the YouTube page for Sentimentally Speaking. Um, I also have that on Instagram. And as far as via internet, I've left her in the shadows a little bit. She exists. But if you want to find those works, they are on Amazon.com under Vi, V-Y, Antoinette with all ease. And um, it's called The Love Collection. So those books are there. Mm, yep. No personal mine today. Yet. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll be ordering mine today. Uh, now that I know how to find you. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, once again, by uh, it's always a uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I'm extremely excited uh, for uh, this uh, eighth book being finished up. I'm extremely excited for all of the things that you have coming uh, your way in your near future and in your far out future. But uh, thanks for sharing. Thanks for being honest and thanks for being vulnerable uh, on other topics outside of love, because I know love is, is, is always on the menu. So, yes, it thank is. You, thank, thank you, you thank Tyrell. You. I appreciate you for having me. I really do. You could have had anybody in the world, but you chose little old me and I am grateful. <laughs> That's right. Well, listen, man, you have yourself a wonderful night, man. I'll play catch up with you later. Absolutely. Peace. Later.